Greetings, everyone. Welcome. My name is Andy Neal, and you're listening to The Hiker Podcast. What is up, everybody? This is Andy, and you're listening to the season finale of the podcast that gets to know the hikers behind the trekking poles that demystifies hiking, that wants to know more than your base weight, wants to know what's getting you on the trail, wants to find out how hiking has changed the hiker and how, in turn, the hiker is changing the world around him. This is the Hiker Podcast. This is the season finale. If you're looking for an interview on this episode, guess what? There's not going to be one because it's just me, and I just wanted to get on here before we enter in to the last part of December where people tend to be not working as much and home more and not listening to podcasts as often and just get on here and thank you and answer a few questions. This podcast started um, on June 30th of this year in the middle of 2020. I had the idea for it back in February, back before everything got weird and crazy with the pandemic and all that fun stuff. That's not so fun. A lot has happened in the last, gosh, six months and even before that. And I am just so grateful that you all have Join me on this journey, on this trail here of getting to know hikers, and I've learned so much, and it's been an amazing journey to get involved in the hiker community. I got involved in hiking 18 months ago, and this was an an idea I had to essentially get to know more about hiking, get ready for my first through hike and backpacking trip. I'm going on my first through hike this summer on the Tahoe Rim Trail. I'm super excited about it. So with that said, thank you. Thank you to all of our guests who have been so amazing to me. Gosh, um, we have had like Danny Cremins and Luke Parasol and Rebecca Sperry and Katie Houston and Aria Zoner and Heather Diaz and Dylan Harris and Rachel Metzger and Josh Pulati and Rachel Delano and the fastest known tiger himself, legend Jeff Germeyer. We've had Kristen Babs on twice talking about uh, fire prevention on the trail with the fires here in Southern Oregon and prior to fire season. We've had the amazing Barney Scout man on the the show, Jim Falkenstein, author of uh, Ashland Trails, the book. If you're in Ashland, you should check it out. We've had Sawyer products sponsor the show like only five episodes in they're like yeah we're down to sponsor we'll help you out and we had amazing people from sawyer including the prodigy tyler lau and peanut andrew glenn come on the show talk to us they did you know explainers about water safety and insect safety um we've had the one the only renee patrick shira herself on the show we've had jennifer Jennifer mcdaniel's close call on the show talk about her journey um einstein a lot of you guys know einstein Michael Galefield on the show, the the one, the only Elena, um, Elena, I say Elena, I'm sorry. It's Elena Osborne. Many of you know her as Tip Tap. Uh, Hike Southern or Hike Oregon's been on. And then, of course, the first episode, which is me talking about my journey. And you all have just been so amazing to me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for leaving Apple Podcast reviews. Thank you for sending me your own stuff. How many of you have sent me like, Hey, here's some stickers. Here's a product I'd like you to check out. Here's just been so cool. Thank you to Sawyer Products. Thank you. Oh man, I just I to the the this this Disco Peak Trails for pushing myself out there for to Ashland Mountain Provisions for distributing my stickers and just oh, you guys have just been blowing me away. So, what I was going to do this episode, excuse me for one moment. <clears throat> 
Yeah, that's real. That's radio. Uh, what we're going to do this episode is I'm just going to answer some questions you all sent me. I got a bunch of questions, email on DMs and all that kind of stuff. A lot of them were the same. So some of these first ones, I'm just going to kind of do a broad answer because I had a lot of similar questions. Um, a lot of you guys follow me on Instagram at Andy Films and Hikes. You can also follow the Hiker Podcast for the latest on what's going on there at Hiker Podcast. Also go to hikerpodcast.com for all the different ways you can listen and social media and all that stuff. Also, if you did not know, there is a Hiker Podcast Facebook group. Just search the Hiker Podcast in groups. You'll find it. Answer a few questions. We'll let you in. It's a good time. Anyways, so to the questions, many of you emailed, you DM'd, you left on comments, whatever. So thank you all so much for doing that. So we're just going to get right into some questions we had. And uh, this is, I'm getting into kind of the general questions, just kind of a general overview. I'll answer these because there was a lot of the same questions. So first is about my gear and what I use. I'm a new hiker. I'm mostly a day hiker, done some overnight stuff. I'm going to get a lot more into the overnights this summer and the spring, actually. I'm going to start by hiking through the Cascade Siskiyou National Monument, um, backpacking through there and getting footage. I'm working, hopefully, on a documentary about public lands and specifically national monuments, specifically here in Southern Oregon, Northern California, the Cascade Siskiyou National Monument. So uh, about gear, I just, I've got a lot of questions about gear. And I'm just going to say this about gear. In my 18 months of hiking, in my six months of doing this podcast, there is no one right kind of gear. There's not. The right kind of gear is what's safe and works for you and what's comfortable for you. So people ask me, what's the best this? What's the best that? I don't have an answer for you. You got to find what works for you. Whatever there, there, for instance, um, packs, I don't have a whole lot of extra money on packs, backpacks to spend on that right now. And I have found, I like, I've tried Osprey doesn't work for my body type. I've tried, um, Alpine something. It was something REI. It was on clearance. Didn't work for my, my body type. Uh, I've tried uh, Camelback brand backpacks. Didn't work for my body type. The one consistent kind is the one that's the best selling on Amazon and it's the cheapest. And they sell like a sportsman's warehouse. And I think I've seen them at Walmart before. Um, it's Teton. And there's nothing wrong with that. Teton works best. I have three Teton packs. I have like a 30 liter, a uh, 50 liter. And I think I have like a 22 liter. That's what my kids have right now. Actually, no, my kids are all. <laughs> my oldest daughter is now in an Osprey pack because we found one used. And my son is now in. What is he? What is he using now? Um, it's not a Teton. He oh, he's using a Gregory pack now, um, and we just find what works. And that's another thing about gear, is you find what works for you. Also, if you can find it used, you don't need to spend a whole lot of money if you can help it. I know it's hard; you want to get out there, but with gear, especially since there's a lot of new hikers listening to this, um, I tell hikers what I used to tell parents of guitar students I had back in the day I used to teach guitar and I'd have these parents come up to me and be like oh you need to we need we need to know the best guitar because this my son and our daughter's birthday is coming up and we want to buy them the best guitar we're, we're gonna spend two thousand dollars get them a guitar what's the best kind and they would want me to name like a Martin or a Taylor or something and I'd be like save your money like no we're, we're investing into them they love guitar right now I'm like yeah your 11 year old loves guitar right now are they gonna love guitar in six months Go to Walmart and buy them a, you know, first act cheap guitar. And then if they keep up with it after six months, then drop some money. So what I, I, I like to tell other people to do is go to garage sales, go to Facebook Marketplace, Craigslist. Are Some of the REIs have their garage sale running um, all the time now because of COVID. 
go to those places and then you can find gear. I found a, a, a puffy jacket for my daughter today for like a third of the price that was used. It was returned. And what REI does, they have a really generous return policy. So the stuff that gets returned gets put in their garage sale for a fraction of the cost and then you can try it out. Saves you a lot of money and you get to know a bunch of different kind of gears. Even with shoes, I have a pair of shoes on Hoka shoes right now that have only been worn once on one hike. The person didn't like them, didn't fit them right. They fit me perfectly. And I also found out in getting them, those shoes run a little small. So I was able to get a 13 instead of a 12, which is what I usually get, but it fits me in a 13 perfectly. Anyways, all that to say, there's no one good kind of gear. Find Use gear when possible. You know, thrift shops are all, are a great place. I found Ross, too, if you're looking for clothes. Ross, uh, Marshall's, place like that, usually have some pretty good um, hiking shirts, some puffy jackets, stuff like that, for a fraction of the cost. Which actually gets me to the thing. I, I've been asked a lot about this. Like, Andy, why do you wear so much Columbia? There's so many other brands out there. And honestly, the reason I wear Columbia, um, as far as my T-shirts, a lot of my hats, not so much my hats anymore. I've actually kind of switched to the Sherpa as far as my um, my beanies, and then I also wear a Northwest Flow Factory for my my um, mesh hats because they're just a local company. They look amazing, and they fit my big head, which gets into this point. The reason I wear the clothes that I wear is because they fit. For instance, Northwest Flow Factory, it's a local hat company that does the uh, snapback mesh hats. I, for years, I have not been able to find a, a snapback mesh-backed hat that fits my very large head. Just did not exist at all. I have a size eight, eight and one eighth head, depending on the hat. I go to lids, I have to get like an eight and they have to search for it. Oftentimes I have to order it if I'm wearing like a nicer, you know, nicer hat. Uh, so I've never been able to find a good, you know, snapback hat until I found Northwest Flow Factory here in Ashland. They sell their stuff online and at um, Ashland Provisions in the plaza in Ashland. Shout out to Mountain Provisions. But I wear their stuff when they're amazing. The, the art and the beautiful scenic scapes they have painted on these hats. I love them. But also, they fit my head. And it's the same with Columbia. I'm a bigger guy. A lot of you guys know that. I've lost a lot of weight. I've gotten in shape. Um, I'm much stronger than I used to be. I still have a long way to go. But, you know, I wear what I wear, which mostly is Columbia, because they have larger sizes. And even their larger sizes run small, so I have to get a full size up above that. So the reason I wear what I wear is because it fits. The reason I wear, you know, Columbia puffy jackets is because they have sizes that fit me, whereas other outfitters don't. Same with my not my my Omni Wick shirts, the 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 wicking shirts, you know, keep you from sweating. It's the it's the polyester blend because they have shirts that fit me. Same with you know a lot of the shorts and pants I wear. All my all my hiking pants are Columbia. Why? Because they have sizes that fit me. I'm kind of getting to that border range where I'm, I'm not going to need the larger sizes from probably for much longer. I'm thinking about it next summer. I'm not going to need those larger sizes. Hopefully if I, you know, things go well with COVID and maybe to exercise like I want to, like I was before COVID, but just use what works for you. Period. If that's Columbia, if that's Marma, if that's, you know, complete, whatever use gear, if that's Merrill, Whatever, use what works for you gear-wise. Use what fits, find what fits. Um, I would love to get more gear from smaller um, cottage companies. The problem is a lot of these cottage companies, with whom I love and make amazing products, they don't make plus sizes. So it's a bit of an issue for me. That's, you know, as I'm getting more in shape and getting stronger, I'm always going to have a large head. I'm always going to have a size eight head. That's just... Even when I was in track in high school, I had a huge head. I was like an orange on a toothpick. It looks ridiculous. 
A lot of you guys will get that reference. A lot of you won't. Um, and I've always had very broad shoulders and I have large feet, but I'm also just a very kind of wide guy, kind of shaped like a pear. Um, so, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm always, the things like that, I can't change that even if I get you know more and more fit. So use what, use what works for you. So the next question I got a lot of is, um, how do I choose my guests for the hiker podcast? Excellent question. Um, honestly, there's no like set way for me to search out guests. At first it was like, I knew who was in the online community and hiking when the show first started. Um, I knew some, I knew some people and I'm like, okay, I'm going to ask big one for me was Ellen Osborne. Um, I wanted her on the show and she was so gracious and amazing and to come on the show and she's been so cool to me. Um, so yeah. And then from there I saw, I was talking with other people and then I started talking with Einstein, Michael Gelfield, and he was suggesting people. And then I started getting some local people who started suggesting other people. And it was just this kind of just cascade effect. And then I got hooked up with Sawyer and they started suggesting people and then they were telling other people. And then I got hooked up with other people. And it was just this awesome, amazing kind of domino effect where I kept hearing about more and more people and they uh, were suggesting and I was wanting to find them. I, I haven't had any problem finding guests. The only issue I've had really with getting guests has been, there has been a lot of people who approach me, Hey, come have me on your show who really aren't hikers. <laughs> you have these Instagram influencer type people who maybe they like to take outdoor photos or they've gone on a hike or maybe they're into van life, which is great. A lot of hikers are into van life and they want to come on the show. And I, and I ask, you know, so what does your story have to do with hiking? Like, oh, well, you know, yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. Um, and I think I'll pass, you know, we're looking for hikers and, you know, and a lot of people ask me too. Another question I get within that is why do you have so many through hikers? And I, I understand the question because it seems like I have a lot of through hikers on. Um, I've actually had quite a few just day hikers and backpackers on and, um, you know, mountaineers, redliners, um, uh, summit baggers, I'm, I'm, I'm peak baggers on the, on the show. Um, but I do have a lot of through hikers come on the show. The majority of my guests have gone on a through hike. I think the reason for that is um, so many of my guests hiking is a huge part of their life, huge part of their life. And they have a, the story of their life involves hiking in huge ways for so many people. When they get involved in hiking, they want to go on bigger and longer hikes and so a through hike just kind of naturally happens. And that's not for everybody. I haven't been on a through hike yet. My first through hike is going to be a Tahoe Rim Trail, which some people would not even would say it's not even a real through hike. I'm saying it's a real through hike. So humor me. No, I don't need people saying, you're actually just going on a long backpacking trip. I've had someone tell me that. Like, no, it's a through hike. I'm hiking through it. Anyways. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm looking for hikers with good stories. And that's why a lot, a lot of them tend to be, you know, through hikers. Uh, I've had people like Jim Falkenstein on the show who is an avid day hiker and he's been doing it for decades and he's written a book about day hiking and he's just, he is an awesome day hiker and he's been on the show and he's you know told some amazing stories and um, he was great to have on the show. So it's, you know, we've had like Danny Cremins on the show who wants to go on through hike, but she is a mountaineer. She's summiting peaks. 
We've had um, Rebecca Speary on the show, who's a redliner. Doesn't really do through hiking, um, but she's a redliner, and she's she's going through all these different different trails on in an area on a, on a path there. So it's it's an array of people. But yeah, I understand. There seems like maybe there's a lot of through hikers on the show. So honestly, to wrap all that up, how I choose my guests, I'm looking for people who have good stories, and I you know I I find them on Instagram. I meet up with them on Instagram. I talk with them. Um, I'll look at their, their reels, their stories, their posts. I'm like, you know, this person would be really good on the show. And almost always, I don't think I've had any guests that really wasn't good on the show. Um, they always are amazing. So it's been really, really cool. Uh, someone asked me, why don't you put your episodes on YouTube? Oh, wow. YouTube. So I've been doing podcasting um, in some capacity for over 10 years now, working Used to work in the nonprofit world and churches where we did podcasting. I did a lot of that. I had a podcast before this called The Decast, which was a Disney podcast, which uh, it's still going. It's under a different name now. Um, other friends have taken it over. I've kind of stepped away from it. I might pop my head in there. I, I, I am obsessed with Disney and, and the entertainment industry. I, I truly am. Um, but I, I've had a lot of people ask me, you know, put your episodes on YouTube and why don't you do video episodes? And so here's what I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say about that. The Hiker Podcast and myself, we're gonna, I'm going to start doing more kind of maybe tutorials for new hikers, you know, the 10 essentials of hiking. I've already started working some of those videos out. I've already posted a few on my personal YouTube page. I'm not going to post episode audio on YouTube, and I'm not going to post, like, just the video of a podcast for two reasons. One, I want people – I want this to be an audio experience. I want this to be an experience people listen to on any of the various – you know, podcast networks. There's plenty out there. There's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, all those. They're amazing. Um, but also, what tends to happen is if I, I, I I'm working with Anchor, which which gives me kind of like a YouTube setup where I get like so many pennies per listen. Whereas I put it on YouTube, if I don't have you know a hundred thousand, whatever the, the metric is now you know, 100,000 subscribers or listens or down, not downloads, but um, streams or minutes watched, I get nothing. And then I got to contend with ads that I don't really want to contend with. And uh, I just, I just didn't want to do that. And also as far as videos of the, of the episodes go, instead of, you know, there's two ways to do it. I can do like a zoom call and I can put that zoom call up on and people can watch it for 45 minutes or people could also, um, People also just post the audio, maybe like a little squiggly line, little audio wave. Which people who do that, that's fine. But for me, for what I'm wanting to produce, I want it to be an audio-only experience. I want it to be kind of thing where you you pop it in uh, on your MP3 player as you're going up on trail, as you're getting ready to go on a hike, as you're you're going for your jog in the morning, if you're in the gym in the morning, whatever it is you you do, I want it to be an audio experience. And. Not that YouTube can't do that. It's just it's a lot of extra work for very little benefit when what I'm doing now is working fine. So that's that. I am going to do, with that said, though, I am going to do some YouTube content uh, with the Hiker Podcast name and myself. I've already kind of done that. <clears throat> Excuse me. So uh, you can look for that. I think the links are in my my Instagram at Andy Films and Hikes. Just hit the, the link tree and you'll see all that there. So, yeah, check that out if you uh, want to see what I'm, I'm doing. I'm going to definitely put some more stuff out. I know I'm, I'm working on a video about what I bring on a day hike and the 10 essentials. So, yeah, and nothing against other podcasts that do that, that works for them. It's just, it, for me, it's just, it's, it's, I've done it before, 
It's just a lot of work with very little return. So that is just me. Next question I've gotten is conditioning. Um, a lot of people ask me, what can I do to condition hikes? Um, the best thing you can do is go hiking. With that said, though, um, before COVID, I was in the gym at, you know, for the year, the year prior to COVID, I was in the gym every day, oftentimes at 4 a.m., working on a lot of different things. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a trainer. I know it's worked for me. Big things that worked for me in conditioning um, outside of just going and hiking every day. That's what part of my conditioning regimen now is I'm, as I'm really kind of realizing it's going to be a while before I can get into the gym. Um, I go for a two-mile walk every day, whether I hike or not. Two-mile walk every day, and I do weights every day in my living room. It's not the same as the gym, but just to keep my strength up. But um, things you can do are cardio is huge. Cardio is great. Endurance and lots of core work. I think a big reason why in the last 18 months I have not gotten seriously hurt on the trail. What I mean by seriously hurt is hurt to where I had to go see a physician. Um or I had to take more than three days off. Sometimes I took a day off. Um, the reason I, I believe I haven't gotten seriously hurt on the trail, even after taking some pretty nasty falls, is because of this, my strength conditioning. I've done a lot of strength training, a lot of core work, a lot of arm work, a lot of um, uh, abs, chest. that have been made, So I've been able to carry a lot of extra weight. Also what I do when I go on a day hike, I carry basically, I mean, I will carry four liters of water with me, whether I need it or not, because I'm wanting to condition myself um, to get ready for a through hike for long food and water carries on different trails. So I'll, you know, I'll, I'll pack my pack with stuff I know I don't need on a day hike. I'm going on a 12 mile day hike up to the rim of uh, Crater Lake, going all the way up there from the entrance. It's 13 miles round trip or so. I'm gonna, I packed, shoot, five liters of water carried it from my kids we packed it up went came back halfway there got more water filled up all the bottles again so i can carry it just so i get used to all that weight I, I had a pretty big pack for that hike it was just a day hike but i wanted to train myself knowing there was also a significant elevation gain there and i just wanted to get used to it so it's, it's what works for you um you should check with your doctor you know trainers whoever um i can't give you specific advice but the best thing you do is just go hike um walking's great cardio is great core works great um, what works for you? Some people, you know, lifting heavy and doing lots of stuff in the gym is very helpful. Other people, it's not. I love it. I love going in the gym and a lot of what I do in the gym, um, like the elliptical, I was in the elliptical every day for 45 minutes, specifically for conditioning for hiking, knowing that the motion, the range of motion was very similar to using trekking poles on the trail. So that's what I did. So yeah, conditioning, that is... Um, yeah, that's what you should do. What works for you? Um, this next question I thought was really interesting. What are the whys that many hikers give uh, for why they hike? I always ask hikers, you know, how hiking has changed you. And I'm always saying, you know, I want to get to the why of, of hiking. And it's this person asking the question really wants to know, like, what is like the what are some like the main themes that I'm seeing? I think. What I've heard from people over the over the last six months is they do it for themselves because there was maybe something in their life that was off. Maybe they needed some purpose or some goal or something to give them drive. But the why is because it's for themselves. 
And I think we oftentimes in this culture, we, we don't take care of ourselves. And it's not like a selfish, like, oh, I'm doing it for myself. But no, it's like I'm doing this for me because it makes me a better person. It makes me a stronger person. It it teaches me so, you know, this, that, or the other thing. It's taught me so much. It's helped me discover who I am. Um, and that's, that's what hiking's done for me. And the, the biggest why for me for hiking is it's changed me. I think that's that's a pretty constant thing we see with a lot of hikers. It's definitely just changed them um, in so many ways. Next question. What is the why that... No, oh, I, already, I already answered that question. <laughs> uh, do, 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 do. What is the why that took you... Okay. Next question. I'm getting it. I'm sorry. Thank you for being patient with me. After speaking with enough hikers to make some judgments, do you think people get addicted or adopt a hiking lifestyle? Excellent question. Oh, goodness. They get addicted or they adopt a hiking lifestyle? Uh, That's a hard question. I don't like the word addicted so much, uh, but I understand what you're getting at. I know you're not meaning it in negative context. So I think it's different for the person. I think for me, it's really easy if I get lazy to to not push myself and I could go, if I let myself go, you know, a month, two months without being on the trail. Um, so I've adopted, I, I've adopted this lifestyle. I've kind of fallen into it because I know how much of a better person it makes me. But then I've spoken with other people who are just, they're just not happy sleeping indoors. They're not happy, you know, they need to be, you know, it's just they, they become so addicted to the lifestyle in the best ways possible. So I think it's different for different people. Uh, for me, I can, having grown up in the suburbs and comfort, I could easily, you know, get busy and not do it. And then it's something I've just kind of slowly gotten off on. But I realize how, how much happier I am. And I am addicted to that. So it's different for different people. Next question. What are the emerging patterns in the hiking culture you're excited about? Emerging patterns in the hiking culture. Wow. Um, you know, gear stuff, everything's going ultra light. Everything's going, you know, reusable, even like with water bottles and stuff. Um, FKTs are real huge right now, fastest known times. Nothing wrong with any of those things. Um, the hiking community and online hiking culture has really taken off, especially amongst COVID, but it was getting big before. Uh, there's so many podcasts out right now. There's so many YouTube channels and Instagram accounts, and there's a lot of money involved. Um, but what I'm ultimately excited about is seeing how, and I've talked a lot about this on the show. It's, it's weird for me to talk about because I'm a white straight male. Um, so it's weird for me to talk about it, but to see how the outdoors and hiking has begun is opening up to so many more people than it used to. The typical hiker was generally a dude, very fit, um, you know, athletic build, you know, white, upper middle class, had lots of money for, you know, gear and stuff, where there are opportunities now for, you know, Jenny Bruso with uh, with Unlikely Hikers as, as partner with, with Gregory Gear to have plus size backpacks, which I'm looking forward to. Um, there's more work to include people of color and, and, and indigenous people 
LGBTQ people in the outdoors, in the hiking community. Um, there's lots of talk about things I've heard about that I can't talk about on the air because there's, there's there are initiatives and things going on with people who I've had on the show who are they're excited about getting more people out in the outdoors, understanding things like Leave No Trace and get, making the outdoors more accessible, um, which is so important because hiking does heal. The outdoors heals and it's definitely healed me. And I, I it's amazing to me how, you know, where I live in Southern Oregon, there's so many people who they can't afford to go drive 10, 15 minutes to go hike up Table Rock, one of the two Table Rock trails. These amazing geological structures, these plateaus, because they can't get off work because they don't have, can't afford the right kind of shoes. They um, don't have anybody to go with because they're not, they're not comfortable hiking alone. Um, access is a big deal. I think access um, for all people on the trail, whether it's a day hike, backpacking trip, uh, you know, peak bagging or through hike, that's a trend I'm excited about to see more and more people on the trail and to educate them, um, all, educate all people on things like leave no trace. Cause you know, the worry is for a lot of people to say, Oh, you know, more people on the trail means more mess. They're going to, and there's truth to that, but I think there's a huge also trend right now to educate everyone how to be a good steward of the land that we're on. It's understanding this land belonged to someone else, the indigenous tribes of North America, before it belongs to, to America, and that we are to be good stewards of, of it and that we need to leave no trace and leave it better than we found it. So that's definitely something I'm excited about that gets me excited um, within the hiking community. So, And also, you know, just seeing more and more of it online. It's, it's been really cool to see it kind of blow up. So um, this is a cool cool answer um or cool question i got the other day um this is from uh little skittle who will be on the show here in a few weeks you can hike one trail during each season what would you hike and when so i had to really think about this one um i think they're all sections of trails so in the winter i would want to hike the southern desert portion of the arizona trail because it'd be much cooler and there's no snow i'm just now getting used to hiking in the snow i've done a little bit of on the pct here in southern oregon i'm starting to like it but I really would love to hike that desert section in the middle of winter. Um, we'll go backwards to fall. I would love to hike the New York section of the Appalachian trail in like October, November before the snow hits to see all the fall foliage. I think that'd be gorgeous and beautiful. Yeah. That section there about hundred miles um, backwards again into the summer, 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 Goodness, I would love to hike a portion of the, um, the the Pacific Northwest Trail in the summer, early summer. Um, so beautiful and green, and wildflowers and, and things of that nature. And in spring, I just love the Pacific Crest Trail through the Cascade Siskiyou National Monument. I love that whole section there. So many wildflowers and butterflies. It's, just, it's gorgeous. I love it. Now, if I had to pick something I haven't hiked before, I would say the CDT, a section of the Continental Divide Trail in the spring. Um, uh, I want to say through Yosemite, but I also know there's going to be a lot of runoff. Yeah, but I'm going to say through Yosemite. Um, I think that'd be absolutely gorgeous. So, yeah. Uh, next question. What do you consider hard or moderate hikes? Oh, goodness. What do I consider to be a hard or moderate hike? Um, I have found that the apps are pretty much useless when it says, oh, this this hike is 
difficult. And I'm like, no, that was easy. And this hike is moderate. No, that was hard. Uh, I think a lot of it depends on who you are and what you prefer. You prefer inclines, declines, whatever, whatnot. So um, for me, anything that's difficult is something where it's not even a lot of it's not a lot of elevation gain. It's the um, percentage of incline. So, how what's the grade that I'm going to be be going up? So, if there's a high grade over a long period of time. That's going to be difficult for me. If it's if it's flat, it could be flat for 20 miles. It's not difficult. Um, so, yeah, I think honestly that moderate. Also, also I think what factors into it is you know. Is there going to be a lot of bushwhacking? Is there going to be a lot of, you know, having to get through a bunch of junk, stuff like that? It's going to slow me down. And I think what I would really call a difficult hike for me is if it's, you know, going up a summit and there's a lot of scrambling. That is what I'm going to consider difficult. Is is it is that there a little bit of danger there where I need to take a little bit more caution than I would than just walking on a trail? So, like Mount McLaughlin here in Ashland, I'm going to be hiking pretty soon um i would probably rate that as difficult you know there's another um there's wagner butte here wagner butte was about nine oh, it was about it's 11 miles round trip huge elevation gain beautiful hike love one of my favorite hikes the last quarter miles all scrambling up and it was a lot easier than i thought it would be but i would say it's not for the light of heart so that'd be more of a difficult so you know a good grade and some scrambling i would consider i would definitely consider a more um difficult hike so this question comes from jeff garmeyer legend the fkt man himself he says what are the most intimidating things about the hiking community as you started becoming a part of it were any of them vapid trepidations so oh i think man the hiking community has been absolutely amazing to me there's been some you know weird outliers who've just been You've said very, you know, get off the trail, fatty, which I, yeah, I ignore those people. Yeah, I, I after like a week, I ignore those people. <laughs> um, and those are outliers. And But as a whole, um, I went into this and I saw, you know, all these people on Instagram and on YouTube. And I was just very intimidated just by their, their skill level. I think there's, there was a lot of um, talk, inside baseball kind of talk, like a lot of, gear talk, gearhead talk, where you're just like, I don't know what that means. But as I, I've found, as I've, I've, and also, I haven't had a chance to meet a lot of these people in person yet because we've been on lockdown for the last nine months. So I haven't, I've only, only I've only gotten to meet two people in person who have been on my show. One I already knew and one I met in a social distance meetup, you know, where he, he had his book, he got me his book, we talked for a few minutes. Um, so with that said, though, I've gotten a chance to get to know a lot of the guests on the show talking several times a week, and they've answered my questions. They've been cool to me. They've been so gracious to me. I think there was just this idea that I was going to look stupid or, you know, they would think, you know, I'm, I'm a bigger guy. I'm doing these hikes and this, you know, this cat's, you know, doing calendar year triple crowns and that's, you know, I'm sitting here just my big thing right now is the Tahoe Rim Trail and they've just been so cool and open. I remember when I posted I was going to go on the Tahoe Rim Trail, I kind of said something a little self-deprecating, like, yeah, it's not the PCT, but everyone, I had some 
pretty big hikers be like, no, Andy, this is awesome. This is great that you're doing it. This is your hike. And part of it's in the PCT anyways. And this is, you know, hike your own hike, do your thing. So I, there were definitely some fears. I was just worried like, oh, I'm going to look like an idiot. I'm going to be too slow. But everyone's been so encouraging. Now, the internet being what it is, there have been some people who have just been very just the, um, and I don't even really know who those people are. They just, you know, they, they comment bomb your your posts. They, they leave inappropriate reviews on your podcast. You're like, what the heck? And then Apple's been great in taking some of those off. They're basically just, you know, nonsense. So um, would I say any of those worries are valid? No, I think. My worries that I would look foolish on the trail have never come to fruition. My worries that I would be not knowledgeable enough for gear and stuff and people think I'm stupid for asking silly questions never came to fruition. Uh, I've got nothing but encouragement, and uh, I expect the same to continue to happen. So, yeah. Um, Last question before we kind of wrap it up for season one. This uh, is from Maggie Slepian who is Jeff Garmeyer's girlfriend, who will also be on the show uh, in the next few weeks. I've already done the interview. What are your impressions of the social media aspect of hiking? Do you think it's a benefit or a distraction and why? Oh, goodness. If it wasn't for social media, I never would have really embraced hiking. If you've listened to episode one of this show, you'll know that I got into hiking at first because I was you know, meeting with a therapist, working through some mental health issues, and she encouraged me to get into the outdoors and get into hiking, which I did. When I started doing that, I began to, I found the social media, YouTube, Instagram, hiking world, where I began to ask questions like, what are the best apps to use? What are this and that? And it's been nothing but encouraging for me. On the flip side of that, there is definitely that temptation with social media, especially on Instagram, to put on a pretty face. I know like with my kids, I have three kids adopted from foster care. Two of them have special needs and there's been a lot of just things as a family we've had to deal with because, because of the things that happened in their past. And I'm really proud of them because hiking has done a lot of good for them, but they still have a lot of challenges they have to overcome. And I don't put those challenges, which are big on social media a whole lot at all ever. Um, I try to keep those things private. Like I'm not even really talk specifically about what those are here because I want to respect their privacy. I don't use their real names. Um, I they've been given trail names. They give them each other's trail names because they they watch hiking videos and they learn about trail names and they wanted trail names. So, with that said, though, um, it, there's definitely a temptation to just put on a pretty face, to put some inspirational quote underneath a picture of a mountain with you on it, with your trekking poles in the air. Um, and so I've always tried to the best of my ability to be as open and honest as possible, um, respecting other people's privacy, my family's privacy, the best that I can, you know, that this is hard. I'm struggling with, you know, for instance, I, I have an eating disorder. Um, a lot of guys don't talk about that. It's not cool or manly to talk about the fact that you struggle with your self-worth as a, as, as a as a straight guy, that you, th- you, you struggle with your self-worth, you struggle with your appearance, you struggle with an eating disorder. Um, I think there's a lot of toxic masculinity out there that says you can't talk about those things. And if you're having those kind of issues, um, you know, you're not, a, you're not a real man, which is just toxic and BS. Um, 
And so I tried to be very open and honest about those things online. And I've found a lot of people online have been as well. I've met some amazing people who have just been open and honest and vulnerable about hiking and their struggles and mental health. But then again, there's still the temptation to just kind of put the best your best foot, best foot forward because you get those likes and you get those views. You're like, oh, when I post this stuff, oh, wow, my picture got 500 likes. When I post this one about me being vulnerable, I got 50. I'm going to post more of that. It's a two-edged sword. I think for me, it's done more good than harm. I think it's connected me with so many people. I think once this pandemic's over, I will have made some lifelong friends because of it. But hike your own hike. Don't look on Instagram like, oh, they're doing that. I need to do this. Oh, they're, you know, they're on a through hike and they're, they're doing 25 mile days. I need to do 25 mile days. No, I know like for my first through hike, my goal is 13 mile days. That's it. And that's average. Um, I'm not going to try to pull out 20, 25 mile days. Not going to happen. Um, you see people, oh, they, they do these big peaks and hikes like, oh, I need to do that. No, you do what works for you. You hike your own hike. Don't feel like they, you're not a real hiker because you haven't done this or that. You haven't done a through hike. You haven't been peak bagging. You haven't been redlining. You haven't been on a backpacking trip. trip. You know, whatever it is, you know what a true hiker is? Someone who hikes. And that's what a hiker is. And this is the Hiker Podcast, and that's what we're going to talk about and, and, and cover, whether it's day hikers, through hikers, backpackers, redliners, peak baggers, whoever. Um, yeah. So, excellent question. With that, guys, um, we're at 40 minutes, 45 minutes. Thank you for being so awesome to me this last six months, for just showing me love and support. The show will come back on, let me pull out my calendar here. It is uh, December 21st right now. The show will be back in two weeks on January 4th, 2021. 2020 will be over um, with um, amazing, amazing uh, season two opener. I am super excited to have Dara Blackwater on the show. Um, yeah, it, it was an amazing conversation we had. And then we have like, I don't know how many, I think we have like eight more episodes already recorded for season two. Uh, but season one's going to open up with Dara Blackwater talking about hiking and her journey and indigenous lands and just such a cool conversation look for that in the meantime you can catch up on all the old episodes share it with your friends leave an apple podcast review i'm still looking for some more ways to engage um i was thinking about starting a patreon i'm still debating on that on the patreon thing i just don't know if i'm, I'm offering enough value to put that out there yet i don't know i'm considering it so we'll see also, one thing we're going to start in season two is we're going to do the hiker roundtable, probably starting in February, March, where we get four or five hikers on a Zoom call and we talk about one subject, whether that be hiking and mental health, whether that be toxic gear culture, whatever. And we're just going to have a discussion about it. And um, we'll do that like once a month. Looking forward to that. With that, guys, thank you so much for listening to season one of the Hiker Podcast. You can listen to all the old episodes on your favorite podcast provider whether it be apple Podcasts, spotify google Podcasts, whatever you can go to hikerpodcast.com for all of that and from the bottom of my heart thank you if you celebrate the holidays have a happy holiday have a pleasant new year and we'll see you next year 
here on season two of the Hiker Podcast. <laughs>